making a real impact. I think that's why it's so important to have like voices like yours, for instance, um, because I think that without your voice and without your podcast and your business, you know, who knows? He might have never gotten the care that he needed in the first place. Neil's dedication is to you, the American people. He's getting you the real deal news that you won't get and miss the media clutter. The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. What you need to know, telling it the way it is as you deserve. Subscribe to the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast on iTunes and log on to neilacaruso.com. Korea in, a, uh, in their uh, official newspaper for the Workers' Party there uh, said this statement, In the case of our super mighty preemptive strike being launched, it will completely and immediately wipe out not only U.S. imperialist invasion forces in South Korea and its surrounding areas, but the U.S. mainland and reduce them to ashes. And there's a quote coming from North Korea today. Um, they continue to threaten the United States. Uh, they continue to uh, threaten our democracy. And at this point, listen, I've said it. I've heard the suggestions coming from uh, generals and from the uh, top officials uh, here in the U.S. saying uh, it is very hot. Now, listen, China has to come through. And, you know, diplomatically, we need China. And Trump talked about that, and I'll comment more on that in a second. But in terms of um, Kim Jong-un, who we don't know uh, what his intentions are, if he has the capability, we know he has nuclear weapons. We don't know um, how far they can reach, if they can reach our homeland. Not something you want to take a risk on. Uh, at this point, it's uh, it may be wise to seek his removal from North Korea, being that he, and I mean by assassination, folks, um, because now the U.S. wouldn't do that. It would be at the hands of China, as we've discussed on this podcast earlier this week and last week. Um, you have someone so ruthless and someone so damaging to the human life uh, it's something that we have to take seriously. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit, for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. President Reagan, and neither will you. Passionate talk and real solutions for America on the Neil Caruso Show podcast. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. NeilACaruso.com know that it is illegal to cross the border. We know that uh, there are MS-13 gang members, murderers, rapists, drug dealers have been arrested under President Trump's policies and sent back to their home country, detained and deported. So with all of that, we have a California judge blocking President Trump's order on sanctuary city money. Meaning that, and this is U.S. District Judge William Ork. You'll be familiar with his name by the end of uh, the next couple of days. Of course, he is from San Francisco, where Kate Steinle was murdered by an illegal immigrant who had crossed the border from Mexico five times, was deported four times. And he murdered her in the sanctuary city of San Francisco. Well, this judge now is saying that a President Trump is saying that because President Trump wants to withhold federal funds, if he uh, does withdraw, or, well, now the judge is saying he cannot withhold federal funds from these sanctuary cities. Uh, this comes on the heels of the Justice Department on Friday, saying that they will cut off funding to these eight sanctuary cities now. There were 300 jurisdictions already reduced because of the president's uh, staunch stance Um and policy saying we are going to enforce our laws that are already on the books. 
And you have General John Kelly at the border and Jeff Sessions at the border last week saying we're going to do just that. And if there is a mayor like Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City or San Francisco, the San Francisco mayor, uh, or the Chicago mayor, Rahm Emanuel, or the Los Angeles mayor, any of these mayors get involved, we will and prevent compliance with the federal authority, then we will withdraw funding. And I said right here that that's smart. It's a threat, but if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And so now this U.S. District Judge in San Francisco, uh, Judge William Orrick III, said that Trump's order targeted broad categories of federal funding for sanctuary governments and that plaintiffs challenging the order were likely to succeed in proving it unconstitutional. Uh, this is where you have judges who are, have become activists, judges that are starting to create laws instead of just upholding the law that is on the books, and they're citing campaign rhetoric that should not be cited in any um, instance, because if you say campaign rhetoric, um, you can go back to the beginning of time where things are either exaggerated or, you know, said for effect. Now, in terms of sanctuary cities, they are very dangerous. We've had on State Department officials on here, we've had on uh, retired immigration agents who has dealt in terms of deporting, uh, detaining and deporting uh, criminal illegal aliens. We don't even know how many people are in this country illegally because the estimates have always been off. And we have criminals in our communities. They tend to join in one community, in the sanctuary community, where they know they won't be deported. Fellow immigrants in their community, whether legal or illegal, are afraid to report them, even though they would be granted amnesty for whether it be temporary or whatever. They would be granted amnesty from deportation if they spoke up and said this person is selling drugs in our community. That person would be protected. The person, the, the reporter of the information would be protected. And then the criminal, illegal alien, would be detained and deported. These sanctuary cities have been preventing the deportation, have really didn't, have not want to detain anyone. So they just let them walk free into our communities where you had in Hempstead, New York, a two-year-old assaulted. You had in Houston, Texas, um, you had a murder. You've had all over the country. You had a uh, rape by two criminal legal aliens who were previously detained by federal immigration agents at the border from Guatemala and El Salvador and a rape at a school in Maryland. You've had situations of preventable crime and you have now an activist liberal judge preventing the removal of, of funding, which is a threat to mayors who do not comply with federal immigration law. And now you're going to have Mayor de Blasio applauding this and laughing because now he's going to be able to take the money and then allow our communities in New York and allow communities throughout the country from other mayors like Chicago where you have gang violence up the wazoo and these gang members, MS-13, are typically from Guatemala and El Salvador and Honduras. They run through Mexico, run up our border. They smuggle children into the country. They sell them into sex slavery. 
And now, with 700, over 700 shootings in Chicago and over 260 murders in Chicago just in the first four months, and we're not even done with the fourth month of 2017, you're going to have policies now that allows these gang members to continue to operate with that fear of deportation. This is uh, terrible. These judges are inserting them into, into, into politics, and this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this in our country before, and this is absolutely wrong. This, I mean, this cannot happen, and when you have um, judges trying to play God now instead of just upholding the law, they insert themselves into politics where they don't belong, and so you have a president who's trying to keep us safe, you have a president who is doing all he can possibly do to prevent another terrorist attack in our country. And you have judges and liberals against him. And even some Republicans, establishment types, who truly don't want him to succeed because then that means their jobs and draining the swamp would be useless. And hopefully we do get term limited for Congress. Because there, there are congressmen and congresswomen who have taken advantage of the system for so long. And frankly, now the judges are getting just as bad. And I will criticize the judges. And Trump should too. And I, and I guarantee you, you'll have some sort of statement tomorrow from the president. If not tonight. Uh, so that's where we're at. So you have the executive order suspending immigration and refugees from... Six nations, it was it was seven in the original one, Iraq was pulled out. But these are nations that our intelligence officials, you know, they love Comey, and they and I'm saying the liberals, they love Comey, they love Clapper, and they love um, uh, the former uh, CIA director, John Brennan. They love all of them because, uh, you know, they've, they've allowed, uh, they've testified saying that, um, uh, that they're looking into the Russia situation, which has turned up absolutely nothing still, even though they continue to hammer on that. I'm curious as to where we know about Obama administration surveillance, because that sets a dangerous precedent that any American can be surveilled and unmasked. But, you know, they love the intelligence officials as long as they say Hillary's not going to be indicted and we're investigating Russia. But our intelligence off, uh, officials like James Comey and DNI James Clapper and the former CIA director John Brennan have all told us that ISIS is infiltrating the refugee and immigration populations and that they will come up through the border and they will come in from these six to seven nations that President Trump has identified, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Iraq, Syria, where the uh, Islamic State is based, and they will come in through their refugee crisis and through their immigration, and they've done it in Europe. But no, we're going to just keep the, the borders open. This is why if uh, Le Pen wins in France, you're going to have the— uh, and Britain has already left the EU, you're going to have the EU gone. And you're moving towards better policies of closed borders, of protecting the country, of protecting individual countries— from this radical Islamic threat. And you cannot have a policy where certain jurisdictions, certain states, cities, 
in a country do not abide by federal law. Frankly, those mayors should be prosecuted, as Jeff Sessions said. It's just absolutely disgusting that you have that you have a continuation of the political nonsense, okay, that I don't I mean clearly is for votes because there's no other reason why you would leave American citizens and any person, even uh, even illegal immigrants, vulnerable to the criminal illegal aliens that thrive under these sanctuary city policies. There is no reason other than votes that these politicians are doing it. They're corrupt, and they are wrong. And this needs to end, and it needs to end now. Neil's a real deal, but don't just take our word for it. I'll tell you what, I've gotten to know him really well. He's the real deal. We have somebody who's the real deal working for us, and that's what we need. Neil's a real deal. Telling it the way it is on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on iTunes and the Neil A. Caruso Show Sundays at 12 noon Eastern on NeilACaruso.com. Now, they know they're not getting any Democratic support. They put this amendment forth because the House Freedom Caucus were the ones preventing the original bill from passing, and really for good reason. Uh, The MacArthur Amendment to the American Health Care Act allows states to request waivers of pre-existing conditions, which are also known as community rating. More on that in a second. States may opt out of the essential health benefits, so a lot of um, the federal government has mandated through Obamacare that they must cover women's health. They must cover, and that women's health, by the way, that means all men have to be, have to have women's health coverage, which makes absolutely no sense at all. So states may opt out of these essential um, health benefits. Uh, they're not really all that essential, okay, despite the name. People who maintain continuous coverage would still be protected from higher premiums. Uh, states may waive a 30% surcharge in a bill for people who have a gap in coverage, uh, and it maintains many provisions of the original American Health Care Act, but some of these provisions, especially pre-existing conditions, would lower the cost. Now, what have I always said about pre-existing conditions? Uh, while I understand its uh, necessity in many people's minds, I am not in favor of covering pre-existing conditions. And the reason is because... It's like flood insurance is how I always describe it. And so if I sound like a broken record, I sound like a broken record, get used to it. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, when you have uh, flood insurance for your home, uh, you buy it. You cannot buy it during a flood. You buy it before a flood. That's why you have insurance. So if your house is being flooded, you can't call up and say, I want flood insurance while your house is being flooded during a hurricane. No. You have to have it before, or I'm sorry, but they can't help you, okay? Or any other insurance. Life insurance. You don't buy life insurance when you have cancer. It doesn't work that way. So pre-existing conditions are pretty—listen, for babies, maybe there could be a provision, and I'll talk about that in a second. As, um, we'll hear from Jimmy Kimmel, and I'm sure you you saw it all over the place because uh, this uh, monologue went viral Um you know, unfortunately, and listen, our thoughts and prayers go out to, to the Kimmel family in terms of uh, his son and his condition. But frankly, uh, you know, the government should not be required through our taxpayer dollars to pay for everyone's health insurance. It doesn't make practical sense when you have 318 million people in the country. Um, and pre-existing uh, conditions 
would mean that if someone is already sick, that they can that they're going to go out and purchase insurance at the expense of other people. It doesn't make sense, and it hurts Americans who want insurance for if they get sick, um, that are buying insurance for insurance reasons to protect against uh, any uh, health problems that come up in the future. Neil A. Crusoe is the man. He's like a fine wine. Every day goes by, I get to appreciate his genius more and more. Stay tuned to the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. $1.1 trillion spending bill, just a massive government, you know, bipartisan government-wide spending bill that continues to fund Planned Parenthood, continues to fund a lot of the Obama era uh, bills. It does add uh, defense spending, but it doesn't fund the wall. Uh, and listen, I went nuts on, on the bill yesterday, and this is where I killed House Republicans on. Uh, I, I had the same criticism for Senate Republicans. They don't even read the damn spending bill, okay? And none of them did. I mean, how could they? It was 1,665 pages now on President Trump's death to sign. And I was critical of the president for um, supporting this because his provisions weren't in there. Now, listen, if there's nothing you could do because— you know, the money's gone already, and it's May, and this is just for the rest of the last five months of the year. Well, then you have to be honest to the American people, okay? Because you have no—this is why Americans do not trust Congress, okay? Um, that they're not working in the best interests of American people. They're worried about their reelections, okay? And what the White House probably should have—and this is where the messaging comes in— what they should have said was, listen, these were already paid for— uh, this is the last bill of Obama, whatever, and push that narrative, okay? And then it's already, the money's already gone, which is true, okay? And that, it, you know, it's just a, a, a you know, blanket uh, measure, the last thing that, that they could do. However, what they reveal is that they could have, and this is also against regular procedure because he, this should have been done in 12 separate appropriations bills, not a complete... 1,000 monstrosity of a budget that does not fund the wall, does not have any of uh, enough of Trump's proposals in here. Um, I don't see compromise. I see winning for the liberals on this budget. Um, it is disgusting that the Republicans pushed this forth, and McCain's absolutely correct. They did not even read the damn thing. How could that? Okay, and Democrats put this together on Sunday night. Okay, oh, and they worked together on Sunday to get this done, and Republicans were, you know, walk in on Monday like, uh, oh, we got, you know, work got done over the weekend. Yeah, when you weren't there, um, and so they're beating you at your own game. When you when you have both chambers of Congress, you can't give up. You have to stay hungry. You can't become complacent, and that's what they're doing. Okay, and now President Trump, President Trump is like the whip. Okay, he's the one that's keeping them going. He's the only one that's going to keep them motivated. Uh, there is a lot at stake, and we've had a precipitous decline under Obama, and it's time to end the decline. It's time to build a wall. It's time to provide health care and lower costs, okay? Um, and it's time to reduce taxes. It's time to get these plans done, and it's time to deliver for the American people, okay? And I like to see the figures go the other way. So that the people that are on food stamps, that gets turned around. I want to see those numbers go down. I want to see the unemployment numbers go down. Um, you know, we've seen manufacturing jobs come back. That's a direct result of President Trump's promises. But he needs Congress 
to work with him. And I hope, I really hope, because President Trump said as a result of this health care bill, the Republicans are unified. I hope they are, because they're going to have to fight on everything to get this Trump agenda through. And he's got a very ambitious agenda. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. I busted my tail to try to help her get elected, and I wish it had worked. God dang, I wish it had worked. Okay. The primary was not real. It was fake. It was rigged. We know that. They gave questions to Hillary Clinton before a debate. They did everything. The DNC, as revealed by WikiLeaks, rigged the primary so that Hillary could win and Bernie was the jerk loser. Okay? And frankly, in a way, I'm glad he lost because he's a socialist 74-year-old, okay, who complains and whines and all this crap and everyone's out to get us and all, you know, the billionaires. When they frankly run the country and without them, we would have no economic growth. But, you know, he doesn't see the people sifting through garbage in Venezuela um, and the, the socialist dictatorship there. And so he's closed-minded and he inspires all these young people that believe capitalism is bad the primary was rigged against him, and, you know, uh, I mean, and, and there was a real primary? I mean, seriously? And they're all talk, no action. If you realize that, um, you, I mean, they talk such a big game, we got to fight, we got to fight. President Trump had to fight. He had everything against him. He had all these, you know, all these people trying to destroy him and still trying to destroy him with any allegation that they can make. And this is the core thing between uh, snowflakes and normal people is if you really believe and if you know that you were um, a victim in some way, okay? Now, the Democrats, they want you, or liberals, I should say, want you to be a victim because then they can use you. You know, they want um, in Chicago— uh, the turmoil that's going on because then they're going to keep getting your votes because, well, it's a Republican's fault. They want to withdraw this. And blah, blah, blah. and you listen to Warren and she says, well, re Republicans are such bad people. They're evil. They want to take away your money. They want to take away grandma's Social Security. That's not true. They just want a free market approach to it. They want government to be hands off our wallets because government ruins things. Making the connection and making the difference. I'm Neely Crusoe is on the air to serve you, the American people. Log on to NeelyCrusoe.com so you never miss your real deal news and subscribe to the Neely Crusoe Show podcast on iTunes. Neil connects the dots and cuts the red tape so you stay one step ahead of everyone else. The Neely Crusoe Show podcast. We are wasting our time when we have people who want to kill us and we're worried about whether or not Trump talked to somebody on the phone. There's illegal leaks coming out of Washington. The New York Times and Washington Post, in fact, I saw an exchange on Twitter that is really disgusting, that they are coordinating. Now, remember, last week, what was it, uh, Friday, Thursday, they came out with the um, nut job report, which, by the way, Number one, we don't even know if he's actually said that, if that's true. Number two, if he called James Comey a nut job, 
Good for him. He is a nut job. And then his father came out and said later on the day, oh, well, I think Trump is a nut job. Well, great. He said, she said. And if Comey's father believes that, then I think there's more concern that the intelligence community and the top intelligence officials are out to get Trump than Trump having murmuring something to somebody that we got rid of a nut job. He inserted himself into politics. We did that on the last program last Sunday. Uh, on the Neil A. Crusoe show, which is archived, we did a whole segment on James Comey, the political actor. And all the times since he was sworn in as FBI director that he inserted himself into politics and publicly sparred with either Obama or Trump. That's not his job. You serve at the pleasure of the president. Now, even though you serve at the pleasure of the president, of course you can have disagreements. But you keep that to yourself. Investigations are not supposed to be public. And then when you come out and release all the crimes that somebody, Hillary Clinton, did, and say 110 classified emails were sent or received, that foreign actors could have easily hacked the information, that she committed all of these illegalities and, and had a corrupt foundation, and even said under oath that Loretta Lynch... Got in, way, got in the way of the investigation when she met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac and that that proved to him that there could not be an independent investigation by the Department of Justice. By the way, there was no special counsel put in for the Hillary Clinton investigation when Comey testifies that the DOJ could not investigate it without any um, without uh, lack of integrity. So you have all of these problems, okay, and there's no special counsel. And you, all of a sudden, the media, they love James Comey. I, it, it's so pathetic and that they come up with these things and they're trying to make it believable that Trump said it. We don't know if it's true. The leaks coming out of Washington are from career bureaucrats who are unelected deep state actors. And they need to be drained. We need term limits. Part of my conversation with Chuck Kirkpatrick coming up. But we have bigger issues and bigger fish to fry. Even some liberals and progressives and Democrats outside of Washington, D.C. are growing weary of focusing too much on this Trump-Russia narrative, which, by the way, according to the book Shattered, which was written by two Clinton insiders, they reveal that the Trump-Russia narrative was drawn up on election night when Hillary lost and did not show up to her own campaign headquarters. Straightforward talk that drives the political establishment crazy. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. What, like with a cloth or something? I don't know how it works digitally at all. <laughs> Neely Caruso is on the air and telling it the way it is as you deserve. It's the Neely Caruso Show Podcast. But the reason why I believe we lost were the intervening events in the last 10 days. And I think you can see I was leading in the early vote. I had a very strong, and not just our polling and, and data analysis, but a very strong um, assessment going on across the country about where I was uh, in terms of you know the necessary both votes and electoral votes. She still doesn't get it. She lost because she had no message. She lost because she's a liar. She lost because she didn't campaign in Michigan and Wisconsin 
and ignored blue-collar workers. She ignored Americans. She, in fact, mocked them, as we found out through emails. Okay, And she didn't have to use, illegally, a private email server that made her the subject of an investigation by the FBI. She didn't have to use the Clinton Foundation as a conduit to the State Department that was the subject of an FBI investigation and, as far as we know, is ongoing. She did not have to lie about Benghazi. She did not have to lie about being under sniper fire in Bosnia. Okay, She did not have to be the most corrupt, most untrustworthy candidate or person in American history. Okay, She did not have to protect the alleged rape victims of her husband. So she continues to blame Comey. And by the way, Hillary, the election was not October 28th. The election was November 8th. Did you fall again? So she continues to blame everyone but herself. She starts to take blame, and then like every other liberal snowflake, she puts the blame right on everyone else, and she also blames misogyny. Okay, an abstract thing that, oh my God, we have all these bad men in the world. Okay, frankly, she's the sexist one. Okay, so... She continues to blame everyone else but herself. And so she still doesn't get it. She's still going to make a lot of money. Okay. And she's going to be part of the resistance. And she's going to be an activist now. That's all you ever were, Hillary. People never trusted you. Okay. And the October 27th FBI letter that was leaked was never the reason why people didn't vote for you. They didn't vote for you because you're untrustworthy. And that's why there was a low turnout by Democrats. They should have never have rigged the primary for you in the first place. Uh, and the bleach bit. And what, with like a cloth? <laughs> and the Anthony Weiner. Okay, so enough already. Uh, interestingly, Obama, get this, he once dreamed of being Donald Trump. It is, this is hilarious, okay? That after all the criticism, okay? It's like the middle schooler who is so jealous of somebody in school that they just hate on them, and in reality, they really like them, okay? More than two decades before he railed against Donald Trump's temperament and core values, a young Barack Hussein Obama dreamed of becoming the billionaire businessman Donald J. Trump. Obamacare revealed his idolization of the Donald and what he stood for in a never-published book written with a classmate during his Harvard Law School days, portions of which are published in the upcoming Obama biography, Rising Star. And he said, Americans have a, quote, continuing normative commitment of the ideals of individual freedom and nobility, um, the depth of this commitment may be uh, uh, summarily dismissed as the unfounded optimism of the average American. I may not be Donald Trump now, but just you wait. If I don't make it, my children will. <laughs> he wants you to be Trump. No one's Trump. Okay? And, no, and Obama sure as hell is not Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump gets things done. Donald Trump is working for the average person unlike Obama. Uh, 
And, you know, I mentioned the speaking fee that Obama has, uh, the $400,000. Well, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who rigged the primary for Hillary Clinton, is saying that, well, it's not a big deal. That of all people who question their commitment to getting money out of politics, like Hillary, to really making sure we restored integrity to political finance processes, President Obama couldn't have done more. Okay, says the person who rigged the primary for Hillary Clinton. Okay, oh my God. The hypocrisy and this, these liberal snowflakes are unreal. You know what's even worse? Okay, you know, it, it gets worse than this. Stephen Colbert on Monday on the late, whatever the show is called on CBS, the late night show, I don't watch it. Here's this liberal snowflake, Stephen Colbert, in such divisive, disgusting, mean-spirited rhetoric against our president. Dickerson gamely tried to get Trump to commit to releasing his tax returns finally, but it was the same old song and dance about under audit. So, I'd like to rephrase the question. Mr. President, can you talk about your tax returns as a metaphor for your penis? I have a very big tax return. You've seen the pictures. My tax return is probably higher than that from the floor. When you look at other people's tax return, even other wealthy people, their tax return is this thing. My tax return is this high. We get it. You have a huge tax return. But you know what would be nice? A full release. Later. So I've heard. So I've heard. I wouldn't know. I'm flattered, but I'm not into that scene. I gotta say, walking out in the middle of a sentence wasn't even the president's biggest insult to John Dickerson. And I think actually I've been very consistent. You know, it's very funny when the fake media goes out, you know, which we call the mainstream media, which sometimes I must say is you. But when the you fake. Mean me personally or. Uh, your show. I love your show. I call it Deface the Nation. Really? Oh. Donald Trump, John Dickerson is a fair minded journalist and one of the most competent people who will ever walk into your office, and you treat him like that? Now, John Dickerson has way too much dignity to trade insults with the President of the United States to his face. But I, sir, am no John Dickerson. And when you, okay? All right? Let me introduce you, let me introduce you to something we call the Tiffany Way. When you insult one member of the CBS family, you insult us all. Bazinga. All right? Here we go. All right? Get the gloves off. Mr. Trump, your presidency, I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You're not the POTUS. You're the bloatus. You're the glutton with the button. You're a regular gorge, Washington. You're the president, but you're turning into a real prictator. <laughs> Sir, you attract more skinheads than free Rogaine. You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Your presidential library. Presidential library. Your presidential library is going to be a kids' menu and a couple of jugs magazine. The only thing smaller than your hands is your tax returns, and you can take that any way you want. Absolutely disgusting. Okay, coming from someone always oh, so brave to go after our president 
That was disgraceful to go after our president in front of a bunch of like-minded audience members who support this liberal snowflake dribble. Stephen Colbert and apparently is refusing to apologize. The only thing he apologized for, because ironically, the one thing liberals were upset about was the, you know, homosexual reference, okay? The bleep there was another word for a male's genitalia. You could figure that out on your own. It starts with the letter C. And he said that Putin, whatever, his, whatever he said, okay? And I'm repeating his mindless crap. Okay, the sick part is this was scripted. The sick part is that he and his writers conspired to write this and went on air with this. This was not just popping out of the head. This was planned. This was uh, we're going to disgrace our our nation and our president by saying something like this. Okay, and this has to stop. It has to stop. These people are out of control. And the only reason why I'm playing this for you is because this is the kind of rhetoric that you hear in some parts of this country from certain people, from these snowflakes who believe that Trump is so bad that they can say whatever the hell they want. God forbid I said that about Hillary. Now, the liberals are only upset with Colbert because he made a homosexual reference and that was disparaging to the gay community, so he apologized for that. Ironically, he's going to get himself in trouble with like-minded people, not about the president, but, you know, in terms of totally slandering our president and, and making a buffoon out of himself, like he is, a bumbling buffoon. But he is going to get himself in trouble with like-minded people because of the homosexual joke, okay? That's the ironic part, okay? He's not funny. He's absolutely disgusting, and this is what these snowflakes do. They walk around with hats of women genitalia claiming, you know, Trump uh, sexually assaulted women when that is not true, okay? Uh, never proven to be true. They bring up, like Hillary did the Access Hollywood tape, when Hillary has said much worse things and has done much worse things and they, what President Trump did and apologized for, okay? For someone who doesn't apologize, he did apologize. And it was how many years ago that NBC sat on it to leak it, okay, to ruin him. Also, one thing on what Hillary said before. Hillary, the grandmother of Snowflakes, says that this tape came out. Ironically, the WikiLeaks thing came out right afterwards. Well, how many times did Trump have a great week, a successful diplomatic week, uh, whether it be the economy, whether it be tax reform, whatever, and then the media— pushes a story about Trump and Russia, okay? So shut up, okay? Because the bias that is so prevalent from the media is in seeping into the snowflakes. And Stephen Colbert should be ashamed of himself. I don't think, though, and here's the deal. I It's free speech. And, like, we had a UC Berkeley student on my show on Sunday, and he— said terrible things about Ann Coulter, about conservative speakers. I pinned him on it. He couldn't name an example. They go onto my website to check that interview out for herself. And what I said to him was, I'm glad we had constructive debate and dialogue. I have no problem with speech. Stephen Gobert, frankly, can say whatever he wants. He has the First Amendment right to do so. But, so I, uh, ends, I should say, on that note, I do not think that people should boycott him. I don't think that she should be fired, okay? Yes, you may be surprised that I'm saying that. 
I don't think that he should be fired for saying that because he is entitled to his opinion, and he is entitled to have one. And frankly, what liberals are doing is shutting all these conservative speakers up, whether it be Sean Hannity, whether it be Bill O'Reilly. Now, listen, he has had allegations. We don't know what the truth is. But they want to shut up conservative speakers. They want Ann Coulter not to speak at UC Berkeley. They have a coordinated effort to make sure that college campuses only spew liberal crap. Okay? That there's only a one-sided dialogue, monologue, coming from their echo chamber. That conservatives aren't allowed a point of view because they believe that it is racist, homosexual, Islamophobic, whatever these phobias that I'm supposed to have. Stephen Colbert has a right to free speech. The content of it, absolutely disgusting and disgraceful. He has a right to say it. So I don't think that people should boycott Stephen Colbert and go after his advertisers because I don't think that's right because we shouldn't be shutting up speech. However, Stephen Colbert should remember that he is an American citizen and because of that, he has the rights and the privileges that he can say whatever is on his mind. That he is blessed to be in our country. And if you really don't feel blessed being in our country under President Donald Trump and you feel as if you are so oppressed and that things are so bad, then why don't you go to a different country and live under their laws and deal by their rules and go live there for a week. And if you make it back to America, if you live to make it back, then tell me how it was for you in another country. Other than that, he's allowed to say it. Absolutely disgusting. He's a buffoon. Okay? Anyone says something like that is disgusting. Have some respect for your president and for your office. For the, for the office of the president. I would never say anything like that about Barack Obama. As much as I disagree with his policies, I would never say something like that. Absolutely disgusting. These snowflakes, I tell you, bad news. And they're the ones that are the loudest speakers, but they don't have the votes because they don't show up. So usually, you know, a little inebriated on election. Uh, all right, that wraps up the long podcast for you today. We just had a lot of news to get to, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow. There should be a healthcare vote. If not, I will go nuts on that, but we'll see what happens with the healthcare vote tomorrow in the House. It's supposed to happen. And much more as we roll along on the Neil Akers Show podcast. So blessed to be with you every single day. God bless you and God bless America. Do your part to make America great again. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.